Hi, welcome to Exploring Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 213, Free Will, and we got you now, President-elect Trump, part three. And I'm recording this on Wednesday, November 9th, when, you know, the entire world was shocked by Trump winning the presidency, completely unexpected. And how this relates to free will is important because, like, you know, Trump is a very dangerous person. His ideas are, are dangerous. He's, you know, as a person, he's vile. He's very, he's just like, not a good person in a lot of ways. Um, so, all right, under the free will perspective, viewing him that way, we would have a tendency to like hate him and, and kind of like, you know, just um, have a viciousness come out in us, you know, to exact ret retribution and all. Now, here's the thing. So, like, certainly we have to do whatever we can to basically take him from power, you know, um, to take power from him. He has his main power is his wealth and now his position. So in terms of his, his wealth, you know, I think we need to, like, boycott all of his products, all of his corporations. You know, basically, we want, we want to bankrupt him completely, including his personal wealth, because, again, he's, he's a person that with his wealth, he just does very harmful things. And we also need to, um, we need to sue him. We need to create, you know, um, basically sue his corporations, again, to, to reduce his power, to just bankrupt him, to, to have him need to spend so much money on all these suits that, that he, you know, he will no longer be a, a billionaire or hopefully, ideally, a millionaire. I mean, that's, you know, we want to take his power away from him. But again, with, with the free will perspective, we, we'd be doing that from a, a position of, you know, hatred and, and vindictiveness and all, which doesn't help us. In other words, like, if we can, if we understand that Trump, as vile a person as he is, as, as sociopathic a person as he is, he didn't create himself. You know, he's the way of, he is because of forces that are not in his control. That's what this show is about. That's the same for us. And in other words, like, there's this expression, there but for the grace of God go I. If we would have been born into Trump's circumstances with his father and whatever made him what he was, we would have been exactly like him. We're, we can count ourselves fortunate that we, you know, didn't develop like him, that we, we developed like, you know, a, a stronger morality, you know, the better values. So again, so like what happens is like to the extent that we understand that he doesn't have a free will, fine, we, we still need to do everything in our power to disempower him, to just like render him um, no longer a threat to, to, to our civilization, our way of life. Uh, but to the extent we do it from a, a no free will perspective, it, it, um, it spares us the, the kind of like the emotional, um, the emotional hindrances to our doing this as effectively as we could. And the other thing about free will is like, you know, sometimes, you know, it, 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 it causes us to blame ourselves. For example, a lot of Democrats might be blaming Hillary. In other words, like with Hillary, you know, we can make the, the case that, well, you know, a person who had such unfavorable ratings, you know, two, three years before this election should not have run for president, should have, should have recognized that, um, that that would be, that would minimize our chances of winning. So I think Hillary, you know, either you know, thought that she could, like, regain everyone's um, um, 
you know, esteem or, or, or that, um, or that it just didn't matter, you know, um, or either that, she either was mistaken about that or she may um, simply have had too much personal ambition. In other words, like, you know, Trump is, is flawed in certain ways. Hillary's flawed in certain ways. We're all flawed in certain ways. So, but the thing is with the free will perspective, you know, some of us would blame her. It was her fault. Some of us might blame Jill Stein or the, the Green Party for coming out. You know, we might blame ourselves for, for you know, and, and actually with, with something like this, it's so surreal, so unexpected. I mean, all the New York Times, Washington Post, all the major prognosticators, NBC, CBS, Associated Press, Reuters, were predicting that Hillary would win by, you know, a 90 percentage, 95 percentage, even as, as, as high as 99 percent. That, that's what we thought would happen. So in a certain sense, this is kind of like an idea of like, you know, it really wasn't anybody's fault in a sense. And again, you know, like with the, um, we, there, there's a lot of people who voted for Trump, a lot of like uneducated, you know, relatively poor people that were one, corrupted by his, his hate talk, you know, and, and two, just were not able to appreciate the harm that, that, that he, he represents to the country and to the world. And so, um, so, you know, again, like we, you know, the, the relevance of the free will thing is like, we don't want to blame them with contempt, you know, with like, you know, exacting retribution and hatred and stuff, because that, that doesn't help our cause. I don't think it doesn't help them. And it certainly doesn't help us. It's not a good feeling to, to approach things like that. Um, we do need to stage kind of like a, a radical mass intervention. I mean, there, we have a, a major portion of the population that's easily, easily deceived by, by Trump's, um, you know, lies. And, and that just doesn't understand the, the dynamics of our society, of our government, of our, our political system, of our economy, you know, enough to make intelligent, informed decisions. So, like, to the extent that we need to kind of, like, reach these people with this kind of, like, mass intervention, um, and we're approaching it from a, a no-free-will perspective, they may be more receptive. In other words, sometimes when, when people are accused of something, blamed for something under the free will perspective, they feel attacked, they feel threatened, they feel, you know, like, you know, that they need to protect themselves, defend themselves from, you know, this predicted punishment. So, um, again, to the extent that we can um, work under the, the no free will perspective, we really have to address these people. I mean, we have to like somehow reach them in a way that, that shames them. I think they need to be shamed because like, you know, they're, they're, they, they really are deplorable. I mean, Hillary said that and, you know, she, she took it back, I think, because of political reasons, but for, for a population to, to support a person who, who, disabled, who, um, who mocked, you know, a person with disability the way he did, who, um, who just wants to, to deport 10 million um, immigrants and, and, and ban all Muslims from, from coming into the United States for a person who, who um, you know, he was like, he was given um, some a security consultation with the national security expert. And during this, this interview, this was like reported by this guy on Fox News, you know, um, Joe Scarborough. Apparently during this interview, Trump three times asked, asked this, this expert, this military, you know, foreign policy expert, you know, we have nuclear weapons, why can't we use them? 
You know, so a person that says so many things that are so scary, so harmful, for these people to be supporting him, you know, we have to figure that out. And so again, like, if we focus on blaming them from the free will perspective and then like, and then they'll go into retreat, they'll defend themselves, and once they start defending themselves, they're not going to be able to listen to us. So again, this is a, an example of how this free will refutation, what this show is about, is useful in helping us move forward, you know, with what we have to do in, in a more intelligent way. Um, again, we have to do a lot. Um, we, we pretty much have to stop his policies. And, and the other thing, like, you know, one thing it teaches us, you know, what happened is like, we tend to believe that we as Americans are good people. And I'm not just referring to you know, um, us, but the Trump supporters as well, we, we all believe we're good people and um, that we're doing enough goodness. But there's, there's a saying that I, I mentioned a couple of shows back that, um, that goes something like, you know, the only thing that, that evil needs to prevail is for good people to do nothing. You know, fine, I don't, it's not like we're doing nothing. We, we, we try to do good, but we're not doing nearly enough good and so this, this would happen maybe a wake-up call to that. Um, we don't have a free will, you know, so in other words, like, the, good, the amount of good we do is not up to us, but, but this kind of wake-up call, you know, to, um, to inform us that we may not be doing as much good as we, 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 we certainly are not. not. That's not a matter of may. We certainly are not doing as much good as we need to. You know, in a certain sense, this, this thing might be a blessing in disguise, um, let me explore that theme for a minute. Um, basically, we have a, a threat to civilization, to this country and every country in the world, that's a hundred times more dire, dangerous, big than, than, than this Trump presidency, is climate change. And, and we, quote-unquote, good people are hardly doing anything about it, which means that to the extent that that continues, our children and grandchildren, especially great-grandchildren, you know, face a very bleak future, you know, but the problem is that, like, we are not conditioned, again, because we don't have a free will, you know, we're not conditioned to be able to understand and appreciate the nature of that threat, you know, something that's out in, in the future, like, in, 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 in the history of humankind, individuals have never been called upon to, to so seriously think about future generations and, and dramatically, you know, alter their behavior in accordance with this future. So, like, we're not designed to do that. And again, if we had a free will, we would be. So that's a good example of how we're conditioned to be how we are. So fine. So, like, the problem is, like, we need to do a lot and we're not. And so maybe, like, you know, so, and, and we weren't, you know, we didn't see how we were failing to fulfill our moral responsibility in addressing climate change. You know, we haven't seen that, but maybe, maybe hopefully with what's happened with uh, Trump winning the presidency, maybe that'll awaken us. You know, this, this idea that, that um, you know, it is a blessing in disguise, that to the extent that we see, oh my God, we're not as good as we thought we were, then maybe we can become better and then that'll help us see the, the climate change um, situation. And another thing I want to go into again, because I, I reviewed it in the last show, but it's very important. Um, here in the United States, 80-90% of us believe in God or a higher power. We believe, you know, and we, we tend to believe in free will, um, and it's kind of like, you know, basically it's not really fair 
you know, what this show is about, that God makes us do things that are wrong and then punishes for us for them. But, you know, that seems to be the way things are. But, you know, so our general understanding among the population is that when we do good, God rewards us. When we do bad, God punishes us. And I think this relates not just on an individual level, but also at the level of societies and populations. In other words, like um, the treatment of, of people in slavery uh, 200 years ago, 160 years ago or so, may have um, prompted God to punish us with the Civil War, where like, you know, we needed to do it to end slavery, but the, the harm we'd done for, for several centuries before that kind of like got God to, to punish us in that way. And we've had, you know, before that we had a couple of world, well, um, after that, I'm sorry, um, we had a couple of world wars that, that maybe punished us for, for example, uh, exterminating the, the Native American population. Like there, in the history of, of humankind, there have been a lot of atrocities conducted against uh, populations of people. And then there have been these wars that have like kind of maybe been God's punishment. So, all right, what I want to address now is like, it's not, you know, this, this Trump thing that, that might also awaken us, or, or better stated, um, in the process of awakening to who we are, we might want to consider that Trump as a president is punishment for something that we are all doing, or most of us, that's, that's actually much, much worse than what Trump claims he's going to do and what Trump promises to do. And so in other words, like, you know, when we're calling Trump evil and we're still doing what we're doing, you know, we're not really any better than him. And that's the idea is like, I'm wearing this, this hoodie uh, for a purpose. It's, it's by an organiza organization, Nate, um, Mercy for Animals, that tries to address the extreme pervasive cruelty toward animals in our society. Um, for at least a century, you know, years ago, two, three, four hundred years ago, uh, when we had farm animals, they were treated kindly. You know, finally, ultimately they were slaughtered to be eaten and all. But before that, they had, I, I think, relatively pleasant lives. The, you know, the chickens had yards to, to um, you know, to be in, and, and the cows had, had pastures to graze on. You know, the, the, they were, these, these animals were, were free to roam relatively, you know, but, but today's factory farming is, is, there's no other way to describe it but like perpetual torture of, the, of these animals. And, you know, it's like eight, 60 billion animals are tortured this way every year on our factory farms. And that's not including also some animals that are tortured, for example, for when we're developing products like shampoo and all, and then sometimes for medical pro uh, progress. Now, sometimes like in terms of medical progress with animal testing, somebody might make the case that, um, well, you know, it's for the greater good or it's the lesser of two evils that we have to afflict some animals to like, you know, cure some disease or something. That, you know, that I can understand a case to be made for that. But, but you know, this, this pervasive, this pervasive cruelty um, to animals, you know, I think, again, Trump um, gaining the presidency may actually be God's way of saying, well, listen, you know, until you become better people, you're going to be punished with, with leaders like this. You know, I think there's a saying, you know, people get the leaders they deserve. So, so 
So, you know, the, the, the blessing in the skies of this that has happened, maybe this will awaken us to the fact that, no, we're not as good, you know, just as we're in um, denial about free will being an illusion, just because people refuse to accept that, that we don't have a free will, um, we are in a delusion in terms of, like, you know, how good we are as, as, as human beings. We're, we're just not nearly as good as we think we are, and we, all we have to do is look at the, the treatment of animals to, to understand this clearly. Um, I remember back in the 60s, 70s, when I was much younger, I think the argument in favor of, like, you know, torturing these animals used to be, well, you know, we human beings have feelings and we can feel pain, but these animals can't feel pain. They literally used to say that, you know, that, that like, you know, cows and chickens and, and then, you know, they, that they don't feel pain. Um, all right, we've learned a lot in neuroscience since then. You know, over the last several decades, we, we've understood that, no, they actually, they do feel pain. They, they feel horrific pain. And I mean, like, it's not like we needed science to tell us that. Anybody who has a dog or a cat knows that, that they, you know, if they go without food, they suffer. If, they, if you kick a dog or step on its tail accidentally, the, the dog is going to feel pain. I mean, like, you, we know that these animals feel pain. And again, like, so we ignore it. We're in denial, just like we're in denial of climate change and in denial of the, the, this truth that we don't have a free will. And to the extent that, I mean, again, this, the, the theme of this show, I guess, because I'm just preparing this on, um, on the spur of the moment, is that um, Trump's gaining the presidency might be a major blessing in the skies. In other words, like, um, if, if that's what we need to, to awaken us to who we are, to who we've been, so that we'll summon up the, the, the conscience to change and become, become the kind of people we can be, then we'll be much better off. Our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be much better off because then, you know, with this renewed you know, commitment to goodness, to doing what we should do, then maybe we can tackle the climate change and maybe we can tackle this global poverty that we've also been ignoring for decades. This, 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 this horror where like 30,000 kids every day, kids under the age of five are dying um, because of largely preventable, almost completely preventable poverty-related causes. You know, like lack of safe and abundant uh, water, just um, lack of appropriate medicines, lack of food. And, you know, it's like our country, our, our world is so rich. Um, back in 1970, they did a survey. Um, they asked um, the countries, no, they, in the survey, it was a study, it was a study, they, they were asked how much of the world's gross national product each year would be required to end this poverty, to save these, you know, 30,000 kids each day from dying. And a gross national product is actually the, the total sum of the goods and services that we sell during a given year, right? It's a measure of our economic strength. So the, the, this, it was, a, it was called the Pearson Commission, I believe. It was commissioned by the United Nations and it was kind of led by Canada. And back then, I think it was 1970, um, they came up with the conclusion that if the rich countries of the world, the top 20, 22 rich countries, which naturally includes the United States, were to invest 1%, actually um, 7 tenths of 1% of their gross domestic product each year to ending po poverty, 
then we could end poverty, okay? And so like they, and, and so what happened back then when they made this finding, you know, year after year after year, all these 22 countries pledged, yes, we're gonna start donating 0.7% of our annual gross domestic product to ending the poverty. And this was in 1970, it hasn't happened. So like this tells you two things. One, one that like global poverty can end, be ended with relatively an extremely small investment and again, it also tells you, with, like with how we treat animals, we're just not as good as we think we are. And back to the Trump, you know, so like, so sometimes when somebody like Trump comes along, you know, we'll think, oh, this person is so evil and, and, and horrible and all. And he really is, you know, that's the truth. But then like, as we're saying that, our conscience is awakened and, and we, we kind of like, um, are forced to admit, oh, wait a minute, we're in, a, in certain ways just as evil. Again, just forget everything else and just like um, focus on how we treat farm animals. You know, our treatment of farm animals is much worse than Trump has, any, has anything Trump has said or, or done. You know, that, that's just, it, it's, you know, that's the fact of the matter. I mean, that's how horrible it is. So, so again, with, with this free will understanding, one, one reason I think we deny this cruelty toward animals is that um, we, it's, it's because we believe in free will. In other words, like, if we believe in free will like the vast majority of us do, then to admit that, that, that um, treating these animals so harshly in these factoring farms, if we admit that we're doing that, that, that they're suffering pain and this is horrible, then we would have to be, you know, we wouldn't, because of the free will belief, we would have to say to ourselves, we are really horrible people. We of our own free will are ignoring this plight, are eating, eating you know, th this, this meat, these, these dairy products, these, these um, animal-based products of, of, from animals that are like essentially tortured on factory farms. And, and like, we go into denial. We go into denial just as we're denying climate change because we can't admit that we and our friends and our family and our country is doing, are doing something so horrible as endangering civilization. Well, we, we, we use that same kind of denial reasoning to, to exempt ourselves or to, to not see the cruelty that we're um, exercising toward these farm animals. So, so, so basically, again, the, the theme is that like from this, um, this, you know, stunning wake-up call of, of, of Trump winning the, the, the presidency, maybe will will our conscience will will be awoken, you know, will be strengthened, and maybe we we can see that that you know we really aren't nearly as good as we think we are. And going back to the to God theme, if God punishes us for what we do wrong and rewards us for what we do right, as I think is the case, you know, it's not fair again because like, you know, God makes us do something wrong and he punishes us. That doesn't seem fair, but nevertheless, that seems to be the way things work. If that's the case, then, um, then we need to understand that if we're doing something so horrible as like continuing to torture these animals, we can't really expect a just God, well, to, um, to, to reward us, you know, we, we can expect punishment. And like, so again, so like, if our conscience is, is awakened in that way, then maybe, maybe we can like, as part of becoming better people by opposing Trump, by taking his, his money and his power, because that's the right thing to do. You don't want a person that's so mean-spirited and so corrupts so many people to have power, 
you know, and, and the money gives them the power. Um, so in addition to that, maybe we can kind of like, you know, finally say, oh my God, we need to stop, you know, being cruel to these animals. We need to start, you know, and, and we have a choice. I mean, either we can like pay more for our meat and dairy products, you know, and the, then they're all, you know, the animals would be in, in, in farms um, or, or we can actually go vegan. I've been a vegan for over 10 years. Um, there are so many products that are great. In other words, like you can get a, a vegan pizza that has no cheese at all. That's delicious. You know, I have vegan sausages that are made with soy, no animal products at all. They're delicious and they have protein and all. So like we can do this and actually tying this to, with climate change, because again, this is about free will, but this is a lot about a lot more to the extent that we overcome our delusion of free will and understand and recognize that we, you know, um, are harming these animals, because again, we, we deny it because we believe in free will. To the extent we do that, then, um, and we, we lower our consumption of animal products, we'll be doing something major to address climate change. There have been some studies that suggest that, that the livestock industry, raising these cattle and these chickens and these pigs and all, you know, is responsible for 20% perhaps of climate change, of, of, of global warming, you know, the, the energy it takes to produce the food, because it takes, for example, six pounds of grain to create one pound of beef, you know, and it's similar with, 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 cat, with um, pigs and all. And then we have to have, we expend a lot of energy with, you know, transporting the, the animals and all this, the whole processing um, process, you know, consumes a lot of energy and the energy is like, you know, fossil fuel related. So to the extent that we become vegan as a world, not only will be will be will we be, excuse me, much healthier as individuals because like, yeah, meat eating and all really isn't healthy for us. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of evidence for that. But we will be helping to address this climate change. All right, so I guess yeah, I guess the theme for this episode has been that yes, um, it is horrible that Trump won the presidency, but it shows us who we are. It shows us that it's not just the Trump supporters that, that are horrible and deplorable in certain ways, that to the extent that we continue eating you know, animals that are treated so um, horribly in these factory farms, and to the extent that we continue to ignore the plight of children under five that, that die you know, 30,000 each day from, from poverty and disease that we can easily prevent, we can't claim that we're any better than Trump. And in a certain sense, you know, he's not a vegan either. So like, you know, we're all really, really bad to the extent, you know, because we recognize that we can, we can um, find redemption. We, we can like become better people and then God will reward us with a better world. Okay, so this is, um, so now we're, we're gonna stop now and then we're gonna go right into a new episode for our, our Manhattan show. Thanks for watching.